0: You're listening to Two Girls, One Crossword. And we're back with part two of our very
1: special 50th episode. I guess it means we can move into the film adaptation, the movie, if you will. The cinematic masterpiece that is Cats, the movie, 2019.
0: The movie, I feel like, put Cats back on the map. It's the only reason why we saw the play, because the movie came out, Chelsea and I were like tweeting about it or something joking about it and my mom bought me tickets as a joke kind of for my birthday but she actually bought me tickets um, amazing so went to go see it and, it was yeah
1: oh I, I think that was like one of the cooler things we did last year but we did a lot of cool things last year last year
0: yeah but i just um, i love going to see plays in general but i feel like we, I that never would have happened if the movie hadn't come out and we hadn't I seen know. the previews for it
1: right the previews became a meme and it was just like a thing and we couldn't stop talking about it and yeah The rest is history. Here we are today talking about it. Um, So obviously Cats, the musical happened on West End and in Broadway, blah, blah, blah. And there are many adaptations of the play, Um, one of which was supposed to come out of Steven Spielberg's studio. Um, His animation studio called Amblimation, it was supposed to be like an animated adaptation of the musical um, to come out in the 90s, set in war-torn London, World War II, but the project was abandoned um, because the studio closed, and the studio actually only put out three films ever. One of them was American Tale, Five Goes West, which I loved as a kid, (laughs) Um, but they never made that movie, okay? But here's the thing. How are they going to
0: tie in World War II to Cats? (laughs)
1: I, okay, so they're probably going to tie it in because this came out in '39, right? Mm-hmm. Like the original book came out in '39, so T.S. Eliot was kind of writing in the world leading up to World War II. So I feel like it could have it could have worked. Um, but it doesn't matter. Steven Spielberg didn't make that film. He does come back later though because he produced the 2019 version, and I've got some tea on that
0: later. He just let it go.
1: He should have let it go. He should have let it go. Outside of the 2019 version, there is a 1998 direct-to-video film that was released, um, directed by this guy named David Mallet. He's one of the most prominent music video directors in the 80s. Like, he truly worked with every single musician that was putting music out in the 80s. Queen, Blondie, Bowie, Joan Jett, The Stones, Def Leppard, Billy Idol, etc. Like, literally everyone. Um, And so they hired this guy to make... The 1998 direct-to-video version of Cats.
0: Which, by the way, my family owns on DVD. I saw it when I was at my parents' house. Yes.
1: So this is actually a pretty famous version. I feel like if you haven't seen the 2019 version of Cats, you've probably seen pictures or clips or something, gifs from the 1998 version. Uh, it looks dated, the pictures. Um, but you can kind of get an idea of like what the costumes looked like back then. Do-do-do. Yeah, I was. I have written here, I feel like most Broadway or theater nerds have at one point watched this version of Cats, which it explains why you have a version, this version, at home somewhere. Yeah,
0: I almost feel like it's kind of, it just looks like they filmed the stage of the it's, play. It's not like It's a exactly movie, what they did. You know? It's
1: exactly what they did. So they filmed a performance of the play in a basically empty auditorium. Um, Andrew Lloyd Webber oversaw the orchestration for the film, and they used Jillian Lynn, the original choreographer, to kind of teach the... The choreography to the cast, um, and it was a recreation of the stage musical, but with significant cuts. The play runs anywhere from like two hours and forty minutes to three hours, depending on what's going on. The film was under two hours. Uh, some of the things that they cut was Growl Tiger's Last Stand, the Jellicle uh, parts of the Jellicle Ball, Old Grumble Cat, Mister Mistopheles, Macavity the Mystery Cat, and Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser. They were all Wait. cut.
0: Okay, I can almost take all those, except how could they cut Mr. Mistopheles? Blasphemy. A, he's important to the plot. He's the magician. His number is like one of the... He comes down from the ceiling on like a... Tra- I don't even know what it... Like a swing? The best
1: laser light show was in Mr. Misto- uh, Mr. Mistoffelees, and... They- he does
0: actual magic on the stage, because he does like a magic trick where all the cats <laughs> disappear. We, yeah. like, we were like, What? <laughs> We maybe have had a couple of glasses of wine also while yeah. we were watching
1: the play. But <laughs> he, he was doing magic on the stage and Grace and I were shrieking. We were like, <gasps> they, they got us. He got us good. But they took it out in 1998 version. OK, I can't tell you why, but they did. Um, so it ran under two hours, which is interesting. They filmed in an empty version of the Adelphi Theater in London in 1997. The cast was from various past and current running Uh, versions of the play all across the world initially it was only released to vhs but you can now buy it on dvd and blu-ray and sometimes you can actually watch it on television on pbs bbc or ovation so if you're interested check your local listings you could probably watch it sometime tivo it i don't know
0: message me i'll mail you the dvd you have to send it back
1: um so, this brings us to the year of our Lord, two thousand and nineteen and I mean, in some ways, I really do wish it was still two thousand and nineteen when all we had oh. to worry about was the the craziness that was the catch release, honestly
0: Times were simpler then
1: they were they were definitely simpler I
0: mean, not really shit was still going on, but there wasn't a pandemic going around, so
1: it's true. The pandemic was not happening, so that's that's one of the major things we're all living through right now. Cats Two thousand and nineteen, the musical was directed by Tom Hooper, and you may know him from his. Other films, better films, probably. He's most well known for The King's Speech, Les Mis, and The Danish Girl. So this guy's a big deal. He has 24 Oscar nominations and eight Oscar wins, 28 BAFTA nominations with 11 wins, and 15 Golden Globe nominations with four wins, his film do. So this guy, he like makes some pretty good movies. So this, they're like, he did so well with Les Mis, the other Andrew Lloyd Webber film. Let's just give him catch. Let's do it. They went all in on it. Someone somewhere thought it was a good idea to greenlight this because I don't know who it was, but there was someone somewhere in a boardroom that was like, "Let's do it now. And, Tom, um, and they thought and that
0: he agreed to do it, because he has And to they, know they thought cats 2019 was the
1: right year. I just don't I just he don't believed understand in it.
0: He believed in it. I've seen interviews with him and the rest of the cast. like they thought they were doing something.: I
1: feel like Universal had a gun to their head, okay? That's what I think.) <laughs>
0: this could illuminati maybe I don't who, know. Could
1: be i'm not saying it she's not saying it but someone's saying it
0: mm-hmm.
1: was cats an omen for what we were to expect in 2020 who knows but honestly i feel like it was after cat release that the entire world started crumbling in on itself at a faster rate than it already had been let's be real
0: it's worth uh exploring i mean i mean it could be the start of everything i know so cats as a piece
1: of work is important um, for a lot of reasons, one of which is its ensemble cast. It's really popular because there's so many different types of performers singing so many different types of songs, as Grace has previously mentioned. Um, and to name a few of the important players in the 2019 adaptation, I'm going to let you know. We got Judy Dench as Old Deuteronomy. Originally, this role is played by a male actor, on Mm -hmm. stage um but they gender bent it for judy dench and i'll talk a little bit about that um idris elba as McCavity, the mystery cat oh my god
0: by the way McCavity has zero lines in the play yeah he's barely in the play because his whole thing is like you don't see him so during his dance number he like runs across the back of the stage and the other cats are singing about him so i was like how is idris elba playing a cat who has no lines they have to give him lines and they did and it just and do do you talk about McCavity?
1: I do a little bit. We can talk okay. a little bit about more yeah. of that. Um Jennifer Hudson played Grizabella the Glamour Cat. Rebel again, Wilson. Yeah.
0: They pick like these young, beautiful women to play this supposedly like old pariah. I don't get yeah.
1: It. Yeah. Uh Rebel Wilson Not just plays old,
0: old ugly specifically, anyway. Yes, sorry. no. No, you're right. You're right. It's
1: it's very strange and I think they're trying to again it touches on that idea, of, like, the sex appeal of this musical. Why are we trying to um, sexualize what is supposed to be literal cats. Like they make it very clear in what I'm going to talk about that they wanted this to feel like real cats, not humans as cats, not humans inspired by cats, but real cats. So why are we sexualizing them? Why do all the cats have boobs? Why do we see bulges? And it's just very strange. Um, and why do we cast all these really sexy actors and actresses to play cats? I don't get it anyway. Rebel Wilson plays Jenny Antidots. uh James Corden is Bustopher Jones. Jason Derulo is um, Rum Tum Tugger. Derulo, sorry. Uh, Sir That's Ian... the Playboy cat, by the way. In case yeah. Um, Sir Ian McKellen is Gus Asparagus, the theater cut. Uh, and Taylor Swift is Bombalarina. I always pronounce her name wrong. Bombalarina, I guess is how you yeah, say it. Yeah. So what's the actual plot? Grace gave us the plot of the play. Um, and it's essentially the exact same thing that happens in the movie with the exception of a new character Victoria. So, they wrote this character Victoria for the play and Victoria is a beautiful young white cat abandoned in the streets of London by her owner in the middle of the night. The alley cats all come out, they witness that she's getting abandoned and they show up and they're like, "Hey, let me introduce myself. I am a cat. We are a jellicoeck cat." And Victoria's like, "Huh?" Just like the audience is like, "Huh?" Um And then the movie continues in that vein, and all the cats introduce themselves. Literally, that's what it's about.
0: You forgot to mention that when they drop Victoria off and they're all talking to her, they're, like, in her face, like, hey, Victoria, we're the jellicle cats. And they're, like, giving her eyes. It's And there's
1: this other cat. I forget his name in the movie, but he, like, is her guide through the streets of London, and he's constantly coming back. I
0: forget his name. He's in the play, too, though. He is, yeah. He's, like, the main, or the the guide, the host, if you will, it almost seems like. Yeah. But let's get right
1: into it. How did this movie even happen? Development started in 2013 when Andrew Lloyd Webber kind of teased with the press that Universal bought the film rights to Cats many years ago, but that they were now actively putting together a project and moving it into development. So that was in 2019. Andrew Lloyd Webber's like, let's just casually drop Oh, sorry, 2013. Um, In 2016, it was confirmed that the movie was happening, and it confirmed that Tom Hooper was going to direct the film, and they were considering Suki Waterhouse as the star um, to play the white cat, Victoria. By 2018, Hooper and Working Title, which was one of the other production companies, were looking into the technical aspect of whether the film should be entirely live action or entirely CGI, or a mix of both, um, and... That same year, Lloyd Webber announced that he was working with Taylor Swift to um, write a new song for the movie version of the musical. Uh, And in 2019, that song was released. Uh, Him and Taylor Swift released it. It's called Beautiful
0: Ghost. Oh, my God. I can't even start with this song. It's... It's bad. It's... And it does not... We you you think memory doesn't fit in? This... It makes no sense. The whole... It makes no sense. And they play it in too much of the movie. Yeah. And it doesn't even beautiful ghosts like it doesn't even fit in it's not about cats no it's not about andrew was his, his,
1: his rocker i think when he wrote this and honestly it's because i think we're going to talk a little bit about why they had to have this original song and i think it's because it was taylor swift which we'll talk a little bit about in just yeah. a second okay it was originally rumored that Anne Hathaway and Hugh Jackman were going to star in the film. They had both previously worked with Hooper on Les Mis, super successful. A lot of people don't like Anne Hathaway or Hugh Jackman's performances in Les Mis, the movie. And to them, I say, fuck you, because I love them. Um, I think they're amazing. It's an iconic partnership between Hooper, Hathaway, and Jackman. Um, but both turned the roles down, and I wonder why. Maybe because they were like, Cats is just fucking nuts. Well, also, they're
0: it- not dancers.
1: No, so you have to maybe- be dancers.
0: Yeah. But I mean... For the role, because if she's got Victoria. <laughs> right. His... They use
1: a lot of um, royal ballet and like New York ballet people in the movie. Um, but there are people in the movie that are not dancers. Like.
0: Yeah. Like Rebel Wilson and Rebel James, Wilson, Corden. James Corden. Rebel Wilson, James
1: Corden. I mean, Jason Derulo is not really a dancer either. He he's a dancer. He's okay. a dancer. He's not, he's not a ballet. ballet. Yeah. Right. But Which is fine. fine. obviously
0: Or Tugger doesn't. Uh, <laughs> I know. Do ballet.
1: Right. and I, I mean, Ian McKellen is not dancing. <laughs> Judy Dench is not dancing. I, like, it's different. It's just, it was whatever. Anyway, so they both turned down the role. And apparently, Taylor Swift had originally screen tested for the role of Eponine in Les Mis, but she didn't get the part. So Hooper gave her the role of Bumble Arena in Cats without her even auditioning. And I think they were like, hey... You can also write a song. And so she was like, fine. But the thing is, is like Taylor never really promoted the movie to her fans. She can like, she has an army of fans, literally. She can say something and they will literally drop everything they're doing and do something for her mm-hmm. she didn't really promote the, the movie and i think it's because she was a little salty that her song wasn't really that important she didn't get to perform her song in the movie her version of the song played over the credits and also she was probably a little salty that she didn't get to be in les mis and that she kind of only got the secondary role in this really strange movie about cats although taylor is known to be like a cat person like in her mm-hmm. personal life I just think that there's something going on there. Through my research, she was probably Amazing. a little salty.
0: They did push Taylor Swift in Cats a lot, though. In the previews, I feel like she was one of the main pulls, even though her character is not that big. In it's not Cats. big at all, and she she's didn't... basically like McCavity's assistant. She introduces right. him, and she right. has a little. She does have a dance, but she does. I didn't think not... she did
1: well in the movie at all, to be honest. But I'm also not a Taylor Swift fan, so
0: yeah. I mean, she was fine. She was just as good as the rest of them, I guess. No, actually, I thought Rebel <laughs> Wilson did a good job
1: i do too people didn't like was, rebel wilson's but i was like this movie is so absurd and rebel wilson's performance was so absurd
0: i mean yes her dance is extremely um what's the word it makes you very uncomfortable she's eating cockroaches that are really humans her song but that's what that's the song okay so she had to work is, yeah. but she has good timing she has good jokes throughout the movie she brings like an element of comedy not taking it too seriously i felt like she probably was the best cast uh best person cast in the right in the movie, her I feel like-
1: performance felt on note with the rest of the film whereas everybody else was taking it so seriously to the yeah. point where i was like am am i high is something <laughs> weird happening here because she she fits everybody else is like this like really dramatic film and i'm like there's nothing really happening guys so we can all relax a little
0: bit. yeah no i agree with that i feel like she was i i, I enjoyed her performance the most
1: right um one of the most surprising castings, in my personal opinion, was Judy Dench. Um, Judy was casted as Old Deuteronomy. And like I said before, it was originally written as a male character, um, and she was the first ever woman to play Old Deuteronomy. They changed it to female so that Judy Dench specifically could play the role. But why was it so important for Judy Dench to be in this film? Like Grace said, she was supposed to play Grizabella in the original, like, launch of the play on West End, but she tore her um, Achilles tendon. Um, yeah. And Judy was very vocal about how um, her playing cats in the uh, old anatomy in the movie um, was like a homecoming for her. It was like she finally got to be in the play in the show that she was always meant to be in and honestly i was like judy i feel like you've been in so many better things like the fact that you have been waiting your whole career to play a cat and catch the musical i'm like hun. okay here's the thing she never even saw the film ever
0: she shouldn't watch it because her no. there is one point at the end of the movie where she looks the camera look straight at the camera. She's looking in your eyes and she does it the ending song where it's talking about how to address a cat. She does it for like like 10 different times. It's so unnerving. That almost it's, never happens in movies where they look directly into the camera and address you. She addresses the audience. She's like, "Thanks for coming to watch this movie." Like so, it's, it's it's crazy.
1: It's weird. Okay, I'm going to read a little quote from Judy Dench who did not watch the film. Quote. "I didn't read anything about the response to it nor have I seen it." Uh, dent said i only seen a picture of myself i once had a cat who looked like that called carpet and i didn't realize i was playing carpet i thought i was playing a kind of you know manger cat who didn't have much fur i didn't realize i was this wonderful show cat but then in another interview she said the cloak i was made to wear like five foxes fucking on my back
0: <laughs> you know judy Dench is so unbothered i love her energy <laughs> i know i know because we
1: walked out of the theater and we were like they did her dirty
0: I also want to mention film. there is a part in Cats where Judy Dench is laying in a cat bed, and she sticks her foot, her leg, like straight up in the air and like stretches it. She's, She's like the
1: meow. The the <laughs> yeah,
0: she meows. It's terrible. That had to be CGI. I mean, no offense to Judy Dench, but that's like a lot of flexibility <laughs> to stick your. Foot I right can't even early.
1: do that. Okay, and She's I've been a stretching. her
0: though. So who knows? But
1: yeah, oh. it. <laughs> okay. Principal photography began on December 12th, 2019 and wrapped on April 2nd. Oh, no, sorry. December 12th, 2018 and wrapped on April 2nd, 2019. Before any filming or any choreography or any vocal work could be done, the cat was forced to attend none other than cat school. What is cat school, you ask? I read an incredible article about cat school Um, and you can... You can Google it if you want, but I'm going to summarize it a little bit. It's from it was on Vulture, and the title is "How Do You Teach a bunch of dancers and movie stars to act like cats? Welcome to the Cats Cat School" by Jackson McHenry. Um, so the Cat School had a, an instructor. Her name is Sarah Dowling, and her job was to oversee Cat School, um, and she spent approximately five months studying the movements and behaviors of cats before setting up a system where she would coach the entire cats cast on cats behavior. Director Tom Hooper told her he wanted the feline nature of the characters to be a thread throughout the movie, even when they were singing or dancing or speaking. And it really needed to reinforce um, that these people are actually cats so that it could build the vocal coaching and the choreography around that training. So, Sarah started with the basic anatomy and behavior, um, and she kind of taught through videos and lectures. So, she literally would, like, work with the actors, get them all in a room, and they would...
0: Idris Elba did this? I don't know. Idris- I not believe that.
1: Idris Elba did this. She'd have the actors play as cats and instruct them from there. They learned how to creep along on all fours, sniff each other, how to say hello, bump noses, nuzzle, nuzzle each other's necks, etc. And apparently, Ian McKellen was really into this part of the process. He was obsessed with it. He loved how you could use your nose and your ears to indicate like that you were acting like a cat. He was really I, into it.
0: I believe that. I feel like out of all the cats in the movie, he committed he, the most yeah. to being a cat. There is a scene where Ian McKellen is lapping up milk from a bowl. No other cats do that. He is... like When it was... Yes. I, it you was can't like, see, super but if you're zoomed you on it. I didn't know what was happening. I was like, what is this? Then it zoomed out and I was like, what is happening? Oh, It was so bizarre.
1: It's it's bizarre. It's he's, really bizarre. He's a
0: method actor, I guess. He is. So
1: Sarah Dowling, the cat instructor, apparently worked with the actress who played Victoria... For six weeks in cat school, six weeks, Sarah and the director actually went to Judy Dench's house to teach her cat school. Judy Dench was the only one who didn't show yeah. up to physical cat school, but they went to her either. house. No, if I was Judy Dench, I wouldn't First of all,
0: Judy no. Dench's character as a cat is like the least cat like of all of them other than the c g She's wearing a jacket, legs. yeah, she's wearing like a fur coat and she has her human hands. she's wearing like rings and stuff yeah,
1: well, we're going to talk about that um. So, like I said, she went to Judy Gentish House Teachers Cat School, but apparently Taylor Swift knew more about cats than Sarah did because Taylor Swift is obsessed with cats. I had no idea. I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. Whatever. There's she probably had, people- well, she
0: has Scottish folds. Yeah. So, if you know what that is.
1: Um, one thing that I found hilarious was that when so Sarah was supposed to teach everyone in cat school how to move as quickly as possible on four legs, um, they wanted most of the film for the, the actors to be on four legs like cats. But then the production team realized the actors and dancers couldn't actually move fast enough on four legs to make some of the scenes work. So they had to adjust to allow for two legged scenes.
0: Thank God. There is some parts where they're on four legs and it's extremely. It's 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 just not right. It's just unhinged. It's not
1: natural. It's unhinged. Um, And this is a quote from the Vulture article quote, as Jason Derulo put it, we're not just regular cats. We're cat people. I hated it. (laughs) I, I hate it. Um, Set design was done by a woman named Eve Stewart, who saw the original musical on West End in the 80s and loved it. Um, and the set design is noted for its odd sizing, being hyper stylized, and richly colored. Um, they built the sets on five sound stages in North London over the course of 14 weeks. Uh, Hooper wanted the cats to not look so overwhelmed by their surroundings, and eventually he and Stewart decided on a ratio of 2.5 to 1. So the cats would be one and then everything around them would be scaled 2.5 times bigger than them. Um, And if you watch the film, every single detail kind of falls in line with that. Um, The cats look roughly twice as large as any human. Um, In turn, every fork, spoon, couch, piece of jewelry had to be specially made and in working order, including the 20 foot doors that they walked through. It's like walking into like an Alice in Wonderland set.
0: Yeah. You know? But I feel like it wasn't always consistent though. It wasn't. There are some things
1: where Like right, the mouse th-
0: trap was not
1: I, Yeah. There is also like light fixtures that are cat sized, not human size. It's very strange. Um so some things but they also talked about how they ran out of money and they had to like reuse sets because they or whatever. But I, I just thought like that was funny. Some of the
0: sets are cool, like the bedroom set. Where right. it was, like, this giant bed. That was cool. And the Right. The All of that stuff room. was yeah.
1: real. They didn't CGI that stuff. Um, They CGI'd the people, but not the sets. But, yeah, it's just very strange. Um, they set the whole movie in London Soho neighborhood in the 30s um, as an homage to T.S. Eliot, because that's when he was writing it.
0: He's like, thanks, I hate it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he, he's rolling in his fucking grave right now, okay? <laughs> I'm like, I swear to God, if you know anything about T.S. Eliot... If he knew what was happening to this book of poems, he is rolling in his grave. Whatever. Uh, so you remember from a little earlier, I said that the director, Tom Hooper, was trying to decide if the film should be entirely live action, entirely CGI, or a mix of both. They decided on doing a mix. Um, the sets are built and real, and the cats are all played by real humans, but they film the humans in body suits, which meant that... It was a long and grueling process of making each human a cat with CGI. The VFX and CGI in Cats is probably the most talked about controversy outside of the film just being fucking weird, right? Um, so Hooper worked with two VFX companies, The Mill and The MPC. So if you're familiar with... Wait, they worked with The Mill? Yes, they worked with them. <laughs> Did you not know that? They I feel like m- maybe I, I didn't yeah. know that. Oh so my The Mill... And MPC are Technicolor subsidiaries. So Technicolor owns them.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes
1: sense. Um, and Mill Film is what worked on them. So the mill that is in our city did not work on cats. Okay. Um, but yeah, we work in entertainment, folks, if you didn't already know. And so we do work with the mill and we do work with the MPC um, as well. It's just funny to think of these companies working on cats. It's just very strange. Um So the actors were filmed in motion capture suits with tracking dots on their costumes and their faces and then The VFX artists would use this to kind of render them with digital fur using digital fur technology. They keep throwing that. They would throw that um, term around like in the months before the trailer was released. Groundbreaking digital fur technology. They did the same thing when Brave came out and they were talking about how much technology they used to create her hair. Um, It's supposed to be like groundbreaking, right? Um, So then they would blend this digital fur with the actor's actual face. Um, a lot of the VFX work was done um at MPC Vancouver, which is known for being the company that put out Sonic the Hedgehog and also redoing Sonic the Hedgehog after they released the trailer and everyone flipped out because
0: his face was so it's strange human like. Too human-like, right. Which it's- is the problem with cast. Although I almost feel like Sonic did that on purpose. They like released it just to get people talking about it and then they I, I don't know.
1: I feel you there, but knowing how much money it costs to do any of that and then also knowing like there has been a lot of backlash because I'm going to talk about it. But eventually MPC Vancouver closed down suddenly in December of 2019. So I'm going to talk about that. So you know, you what, there's on.
0: probably like one person who's been there forever. You know how these places are. Yeah. It's like, no, we want it to be really realistic. And everyone's like, no, it looks kind of weird. And they're like, no, we need it to be like this. And then we have
1: people we know it. like that. So, yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Um, the whole VFX process was nuts, um, truly nuts. Like these people were working crazy hours and the film finished eight hours before it was set to premiere in New York City. Tom Hooper pulled 48 hours straight working with the VFX artists to get this film to where it needed to be before it premiered in New York in December of 2019. It was finished eight hours before the premiere. That is crazy and unheard of because for people who don't know how you know making films work you go through the whole pre-production process you film everything and then you go into post-production post-production consists of an editor taking all the film cutting it into order and then it gets sent to the post houses and the post houses do everything from correcting the color they add any of the effects they take out any logos that they see anywhere because cats was heavily cgi and vfx that was a majority of the process right mm-hmm. That has to be screened and approved. And once it's approved, it needs to be quality checked. And the quality check is where you find any inconsistencies with audio, any inconsistencies with the visuals, if somebody left a water bottle in the background. And this process happens time and time again, like 20 times before the film actually makes it to theaters. This did not happen with Cats. They didn't get to do the quality check because it finished eight hours before it had to premiere. Okay, it's crazy. And so because they didn't get to do quality checking... Guess what? A ton of the VFX and CGI was forgotten, didn't get finished, was left out, you name it. One of the biggest flubs was Dame Dame Judy Dench's hands not being finished as her cat paws. In the earliest versions of the film, you can see her real human hands with her wedding ring. But
0: even the film that we watch, she has hands.
1: I will tell you why. I will tell you why.
0: Because I feel like, the, didn't they pull the original? Like, yes. Like, what they first, I, we, I never saw that. I wish I did.
1: Yes. So, what they did is um, they went, the studio went back and revised the VFX after it premiered in theaters, theaters, which is truly unheard of. Like, this does not happen. Because, like I said, it should be going through quality checking like 20 times at least, you know, especially with these huge Hollywood movies. They build this into the schedules. Mm-hmm. And it also costs so much money to open a film up. When you lock a film, it's called locking the film when it's completely finished and you don't do any other picture changes. So the things you see on screen stay the same no matter what. The audio you hear change does, ne- does not change no matter what. It's called locked. Then you ship it out. To open that film back up, to reconnect it to all of the media, to have all of the hundreds and hundreds of artists that are working on one scene to kind of you know start working on it again, I cannot imagine how much money they sunk in doing that. It, I'm imagining how much money it would cost me to open up my thesis film to have somebody re-edit it and re-export it. Thousands of dollars. Thousands of dollars just for like a seven-minute film.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, this it, whole film was a financial
1: You sinkhole. cannot make this shit up. But Tom Hooper begged, okay? He... The, they did it. They, they put it back in revisions because he have just at the request of Tom Hooper. Point. He should have at that point. I mean, honestly.
0: Because people are just going to hate it anyways. Just leave it and have it be like a bad film. Because whatever he redid was still terrible. I know.
1: So Universal <laughs> announced that it was going to be revised. And then they sent like out on like December 23rd or 24th or something like that. They sent out a revised digital package for these... Um, the cinemas to download and use Mm -hmm. and they urged the cinemas to use the new version well guess what some of the cinemas didn't use it right away and the old versions of the film were playing for longer than the new versions were it's really it's really interesting how that works because once you get a film in to kind of get it set up in all your theaters is a lot of work if you've worked in a movie theater and um then they're getting sent a new dlc and they've got to use that one instead and it's like they've already been showing this with no problem it's
0: wait so do you think that we watched an old version with judy dench's hands? we might
1: have we might have i can't remember when did we go see it
0: we saw it, it was in january because it came out on like december 22nd or something right so we were home for for christmas so right it was sometime in january but we i remember being like we need to see it this weekend because we don't we know if it's this gonna be there because it's yeah. probably gonna leave soon and i think yeah. it left like the week after mm-hmm. but when we saw the movie theater was packed everyone packed. was there and it was like if you have ever seen, like, a, I could only compare it to like midnight showings of Rocky Horror Picture Show, is what it felt like. Like, the audience was in on it together. We were all there. We were all like reacting. We were singing. Out loud. Yeah, singing, you know, laughing, shrieking, gasping, gasping. as we did. Yes.
1: <laughs> and the surround sound was so weird, Grace. Yeah. The surround sound oh, okay. was so weird. I literally thought people were sitting next to me talking about the film the whole time. It was Idris Elba acting on screen.
0: there's like one particular part where mr mistoffelees does like a dance and he he like does a a magic trick or something and then you hear someone we thought it was someone in the theater clapping and going bravo mistoffelees and we both looked over like who the hell just said that and then it was like idris elba on screen but the way the surround sound was we were also in the back row but it was like oh my god it was so trippy
1: it was trippy it was really trippy
0: So I feel like if you didn't see it in theaters, you missed out because you can watch on your TV, but it's not the same. It's not. I feel like this is gonna be a cult classic. And
1: yes, there's already tons of articles about yeah. how there's screenings happening where they ca- they're they ca- calling them like rowdy screenings or drunk screenings, wh- and they get sold out. And you go and you get either like high or you, you drink a lot, whatever, depending on where you're living. And people are singing and just being really loud and rowdy, exactly like when you see Rocky Horror Picture Show.
0: Yeah, I hope it, I hope it turns into that. I would love that. I think that. it will. I mean, yeah. at this point- I mean, point, it already is, but I'm waiting for the music box to do it.
1: <laughs> no, I feel like I read an article Where it quoted like a source, a person close to the source at Universal Pictures is saying that like now that they're trying to like make their money back by turning it into like a Rocky Horror Picture Show. So I think they're going to try and lean into that from a marketing standpoint, because this film lost millions and millions of dollars. I will tell you how many millions. It's crazy. Um, So I want to go back to the VFX. The VFX Nightmares like what's happening with Cats, with like it reopening the film and revising the VFX, are happening more often. We all know the Cats fiasco, right? But then after the trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog came out, the internet went wild, and so they reopened that film and completely redesigned the Sonic character. Something similar happened in the... Um, the... Uh, the rabbit movie.
0: Um, Peter Rabbit?
1: Yeah, one of the Peter Rabbit movies. They like were working on the film up until the last possible second before it premiered. And it's because... They're saying that like the burden falls on the shoulders of the VFX artists who have to work overtime. They can't unionize. Here's another thing, they can't unionize. Most VFX artists are not in a union. So they're working crazy overtime hours um to correct for poor planning and decision making on the ends of like the earlier stages of the filmmaking process. There's not enough time built into the schedule. There's not enough money allotted to VFX, but most films are like relying more heavily on VFX and CGI than in the past. And yeah. so
0: they need kinda- to change their timeline of how they do things then and give more time for cgi
1: exactly so mpc is one of the biggest vfx companies in the world like in the world um and the vancouver branch is what worked on sonic and cats Van- the vancouver branch also worked on the recent um oh the fucking movie with uh ryan gosling which is a re- remake from the 80s the notebook no exactly there's somebody out there that's gonna say oh god i can't remember I'll look it up um it also worked on detective pikachu like a lot of like big cgi films mm-hmm. um but the vancouver branch suddenly closed on in december in 2019 after the cats premiere happened um and it caused a pretty big backlash in the vfx world like great i work closely with vfx artists like on a daily basis and people were talking about it Mm -hmm. um on reddit like there's a subreddit for vfx artist um an ex mpc employee posted this i'm gonna read it it's pretty long so bear with me but it's really interesting quote we all put in extra hours wrapping two infamous projects in the last couple of months. We've done multiple weeks without a day off, regular 17 plus hour shifts to the point that most of us are seriously sleep deprived and are suffering still. We've worked really fucking hard to get this work out the door for MPC, and I'm genuinely ashamed they are happier prioritizing their profit margins and tax incentives over the insane talent and commitment of hundreds of dedicated VFX artists in Vancouver. I honestly feel insulted, like I've given MPC my all. And in return, they gave me the finger. Good luck to all the other insanely talented artists that MPC currently employs in other locations, because the second another location becomes more attractive, you could be next on the chopping block. And then they go on to clarify. I didn't mean everyone was doing 17 plus hour days every day for weeks straight, but that we were working with no days off for weeks straight without with plenty of 17 plus hour shifts thrown in the mix sometimes three or four in a row. Very rarely were people doing less than 10 hours a day. If you wanted to leave after your eight hours, you had to ask permission to go home, didn't want to work overtime at, on the weekend. You had to give a satisfactory reason as to why you couldn't do it, or they'd label it an unauthorized absence. I can't speak for everyone, but I am obliged with request because I felt if I didn't, I'd be quickly replaced by someone who is willing to do it Do the hours, be there for the experience or IMDb credit or whatever that happened to two or three people while I was there. It's terrible. I know.
0: It does not surprise me.
1: Not at all. I mean, I know how VFX artists kind of. Are treated like I said there is no organizing for them which is really sad so there's not a lot of like workplace um, accountability where Mm -hmm. these jobs are just like we need this out the door right now and they're like well this is gonna take me 17 hours and like well you only have 16 hours and so like you have to you just have to do it you have to do it and what are you gonna do say no you're you're working on cats the musical for Tom Hooper and Universal Pictures like what you're working on Sonic the Hedgehog so it's it's kind of interesting to think that MPC Vancouver was working on these films and then they had these two major flubs and then k- grace we actually worked with somebody who um left our company to work for mpc vancouver and i will tell you later who it is
0: Ooh, interesting. i don't think that
1: they're obviously not there anymore because yeah
0: well i happened. wouldn't be surprised mpc vancouver probably shut down i wouldn't be surprised if they reopened under a new company name
1: who knows i know that like all those happens, artists are out of jobs
0: or yeah. they were that happens though, like in it does. that industry specifically, is like they close down so that they don't have to be responsible for anything, any payments they might owe, and then they just open up under a new company name. Essentially, we right. have people who do that, right?
1: And that's the T. Okay.
0: Mm. Good job, cats.
1: Thanks. Yeah. Thanks a lot, cats and Sonic assholes. Um, okay, so let's let's you know. We're going to stay there, but we're going to go a little bit over here. Uh, The trailer for Cats was released in July of 2019, and it literally made the internet implode on itself. I remember the day that the Cats trailer came out. It was so
0: funny. Like the tweets that people had.
1: (laughs) I wish I could go back to July 2019 and relive the Cats memes. They were ingenious. Ingenious. They're so good. If you go back far enough on my Twitter, you will see a lot of retweeted cats memes for the fun,
0: for the fun. And this was just for the trailer, like the The two minute trailer that came out.
1: Yeah. So a lot of people were unsettled when the trailer came out by the mix of CGI and live action. Unsettled is a very, you know, kind
0: word for (laughs) what lightly.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Um, And many people called it an example of the uncanny valley. Which I think is interesting. Do you know what the Uncanny Valley is?
0: I feel like I do, but...
1: You probably okay. do. Um, the Uncanny Valley is a concept that was introduced by this guy named Masahiro Mori, who was a professor at the Tokyo Institute of Technology. Um, Mori came up with this term to describe this phenomenon. When robots appear human-like, they become more appealing, but only up to a point. Upon reaching a certain point we kind of cross into the uncanny valley where our likeness for these you know robots descends into a feeling of strangeness and a sense of unease and a tendency to be scared or freaked out like once you hit that level you're like something is really off about it's just this.
0: Off. yeah uh, uh, yeah cats definitely it just lands off. in that territory <laughs> yeah um so then, Cats
1: was released in December of 2019, um, and it grossed 74.6 million dollars worldwide against uh, the production budget of 95 million dollars. That's bad. Um, that's a calculated net loss of 11 million. Um, it was projected to make anywhere from 15 to 20 million dollars in the first weekend in U.S. in the U.S. and Canada, and it only made 6.5 million
0: you know the reason another reason why it was probably so expensive to produce because they they're ca- like casting right you know how much they had to pay those people
1: how much you have to pay taylor swift jason gerullo De- judy dench idris elba yeah jennifer James hudson
0: like all the i mean almost every one of the major characters was a recognizable name are you right. gonna talk about um victoria the actress that played her
1: of very little bit there's a quote coming up here where we can if you have something to say about victoria you can talk about well,
0: it i was like excited when i first saw the trailer i was like okay hey, this is terrible but then i watched it behind the scenes and i saw how, how much they were like excited about it and they talked about how cats was kind of like you know this huge musical in the broadway world and they want to bring it to the big screen i was like hey i'm i'm on board And I'm then with they you showed following yeah i'm like i get it i get it and then they showed victoria and she's like the prima ballerina at right uh uh so the royal ballet i I, she's in new york i thought
1: oh maybe it was the new york ballet but she's like you cannot even come you cannot come close to how talented this woman is in terms of her dancing an
0: amazing dancer but this is also her first like shot in a movie yeah and so i was excited to see her um she also is black so i was like this is great like i want to see this person be yeah. like the lead in a movie like this among all these a-list actors so i was excited to see that because you, you, there's not a lot of opportunities for ballet dancers to star in like blockbuster Hollywood right. movies so right but she probably got paid the least out of <laughs> right exactly like, out of the sadly of the yeah sadly um but anyways, just the, the casting was interesting, but seeing her, I was like excited. I I was like pulling for them.
1: I know, I know. I, we were all we were all hoping that maybe this would just be like a weird absurdist film, and it was absurd. But, but it, it was.
0: It, it's just so hard to. I need to like give it a couple years and rewatch it again.
1: I know, I know. We need to look back on it with a different lens, honestly. Like
0: you were saying, I feel like Rebel, like everyone else, is taking it so seriously, except for Rebel Wilson.
1: Right. I mean, it, James Corden does have that air as well, but yeah. Rebel does have more of that, like, per- that energy where you're just kind of like, okay, we're we're buying into this, we're buying into this. And then everything else happens, you're like, it's very strange. So we're going to go into more of the critical reaction of the film, okay? Uh, and I didn't want to kind of summarize the critical reaction because I'm sure you can guess, but I want to read some specific <laughs> quotes Please just do. to give you an idea of people's thoughts about the film. We're gonna start with this guy named Peter De Bruges from Variety. Quote. Tom Hooper's outlandishly tacky interpretation seems destined to become one of those once-in-a-blue-moon embarrassments that mars the resumes of great actors. Poor Idris Elba, already scarred enough to as the villainous McCavity, And trips up the careers of promising newcomers, like ballerina Francesca Hayward, whose wide-eyed, mouth-agape Victoria displays one expression the entire movie. Which is true hmm. Tom Hooper did them all dirty. So that was ju- that's just I skimmed so many reviews. I'm just, you know, little excerpts that I thought were really, really relevant. OK, then we're going to go to Vanity Fair's Richard Lawson. Quote, the first line of this is hilarious. Quote, the real villain here is Hooper. (laughs) who has conceptualized a movie that claims to honor its performers while smothering them in digital makeup. Why even bother hiring the elastic fluid dancers if their bodies were going to be rendered so inhuman, or rather so unnatural they're not supposed to be humans after all? In doing so much to make the world of cats something approaching credible, Hooper completely fails imagination, ignoring the disbelief happily suspended for decades by millions of fans of the stage musical nothing is accomplished by turning cats into a garish cgi experiment and just about everything is lost the wacky texture of weber's surreal creation is made too literal and thus forsaken <laughs>
0: it's so dramatic yeah but it's oh well, but he put it very well okay it's true though the way they move is so weird like i don't know how to describe it. it's like they move too fast like faster than humans move but it's but true. cats it's like... do but why a, why hire these amazing ballet dancers and then cgi their bodies so that they don't like the they move like aliens it's so bizarre but you can't quite put your finger in it but okay he's also saying that andrew lloyd weber's like this is ruining andrew lloyd weber's play the play is freaking weird too and it is. also doesn't make any sense so it's like what were you expecting actually i, I know like the movie is a good representation of what the play is since we think, saw both of them within like a I know. couple months of each other and You're I are right wasn't, I wasn't like this is a made a monstrosity the play. I was like actually right. this is about right for what the play
1: is. You're right. I think for me the main difference between Andrew Lloyd Webber's play and the movie is the way the bodies are CGI'd because in the play they're human bodies. They're wearing, you know, basically like unitards and they're mm-hmm. dancing and gyrating and you know doing <laughs> ballet, but they look like human bodies. Yeah. Whereas something happens to the bodies in that computer generated Version where they're like, they've got boobs, but cats don't have boobs?
0: Well, cats have nipples, but they have eight of them. And there's no like breast tissue. And they're tissue. Not, It's just... Yeah.
1: And it feels if like the bodies sexy, are, like they are elongated sexy. in a way. No, the movie
0: is very sexual. It is extremely sexual. I think that's where the cat They want to have sex, with, have sex with you, the audience. They look you in the eyes and tell you they want to have sex with you. I'm telling you.
1: I, yeah. Guys, if you want to have sex with cats... <laughs> Don't tell us, but watch the movie Cats. It's for you.
0: Well, even furries don't like cats. Because, <laughs> like, a bunch of people are like, this is for furries. And furries like, no, the cats are too human-like. <laughs> right. I'm not going to get into that. But, like, it's, who is this appealing to? No
1: yeah, one. No. Even it's th- very, very, very odd. Okay. I got a couple more. Marissa Martinelli from Slate. Quote, I suspect that Hooper's version of Cats will be met with the same amount of gleeful bafflement as the stage show if the overblown horror over the movie's digital fur technology when the trailer was released in October is any indication. Hooper responded to the criticism by dialing back the fur so the characters look more human and the movie is better off for it, though still a little unsettling. Just when you think you're reasonably settled into the uncanny valley Idris Elba's coat comes off and you're sucked even deeper into a void of horny confusion.
0: This is one of the scenes that i talk about the most when i talk about when someone yeah. asks me about cats yep so yep. all the cats and cats have like they have stripes they have dots they're they're like gray and white you know calico whatever cat colors idris elba his coat is dark brown like the same color as his skin there are dark brown cats but it's very rare it's not like a common cat color coat but they <laughs> right. chose to make macavity this color he's wearing a leather jacket throughout most of the film so it's like not that big of a deal whatever during his dance Taylor Swift introduces him they pan the camera to him he throws his leather jacket off he looks like he is standing there completely butt naked but his skin is made of velvet that is what it looks like and but but obviously no junk and he has a tail and you might be thinking like oh interest elba naked like why is that a problem he's a very attractive man there is i love idris elba and i think uncanny valley there is something very weird about seeing him naked like that and his butt i mean is like completely like you see his butt crack
1: every nook (laughs) and cranny of idris elba's body is in cats the musical except it's covered in velvet
0: and norm like idris elba's so hot but i would never like it was just terrible. To watch. I don't know how to describe it. Chelsea and I gasped aloud when they turned we over to him. It was we basically like, oh. a
1: scream. Yeah. yeah. That is like, one uh, of the most vivid moments from the, the screening for me is it was that moment. Shocking. 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 And I will not tell you when it happened. So go watch it and let me know if you Please also watch. scream.
0: Oh, man. It was just it was not right. It wasn't okay. right what they did to him.
1: I know. Um, I've got two more quotes here. Uh, this is from Britt Hayes at the AV Club. Your eyeballs are not ready for the horrors within the cat's trailer. That's what her article was called. I'm telling you the article titles are amazing. This is her quote. Behold A cinematic adaptation of one of the most dizzyingly atrocious musicals of all time. Tremble at the very famous people transformed via Cronenbergian VFX wizardry into animals of the feline persuasion. Bear witness to the horrors of the unnatural feline people as they sing and dance for your entertainment vomit not for you surely cannot afford a new macbook in this economy yes dear reader the time has come the first trailer for cats directed by tom hooper of all people has arrived boasting performances ish from the well-paid actors such as idris elba dame judy dench taylor swift because of fucking course ian mckellen james corden and jennifer hudson this was a really good read i just want to say Uh, and then i want to end on this quote here um this is from the washington post travis um m andrews and sonia Rao um they post they posed 34 questions after watching the cats trailer i'm only going to read a couple of them that i thought were really funny one why do some cats have clothes and some cats don't have clothes
0: (laughs) it's the same in the play though like i said crumble shanks or whatever has pants for no reason
1: yeah um why do the cats have human lips This is the Uncanny Valley we're talking about. Why can the cats have human teeth, but Sonic the Hedgehog can't? (laughs) This question was followed closely by, how are the Sonic the Hedgehog animators doing anyway?
0: (laughs) Oh, they're unemployed.
1: They're unemployed as of 2019, sadly. Another one. Isn't it illegal for Jason Derulo to be in something without announcing his own name first? (laughs)
0: Jason Drulo
1: Jason Drulo um, and then the last question is Idris Elba's involvement in the film Consensual. We can't tell from this trailer.
0: <laughs> I don't know what he thought of And then people in the crossword and in like a New York New Yorker New York Times article they keep referring to him as Idris Elba from Cats, which I, I, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what the actors saw in the movie once they watched it at the I, premiere. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I would love to have been there.
1: I know. Um, the last thing I'm going to talk about is the awards because it did win a couple awards. For those who <laughs> think it might not have won anything, it did. Okay, this is an award winning film. Um, Cats was nominated for nine Razzies. Um, it should have won all of them. It won six of them, oh. including, including worst picture, worst director for Tom Hooper, worst supporting actor and actress for James Corden and Rebel Wilson, respectively. No, um, Rebel Wilson, okay, she was the best in the movie. I and I'm not a Rebel Wilson fan at all, but I think she did the best. Um, so then the other nominations were worst actress for Francesca Hayward. She was nominated for that, oh, sadly. Leave her
0: alone. I know. Obviously, worst- she's gonna take this opportunity. Like <laughs> you can't blame her.
1: I know. Um, worst supporting actress for Judy Dench. Sorry, Judy. This was not your 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 best performance. Although she was really happy that she was actually nominated for a Razzie. I think she said it was her first time. So first for everything.
0: I love Judy Dench's energy and all this. She's like, I'll be in that fucking movie. I don't care. <laughs> she doesn't even see it she's like fuck it i'll wear a
1: coat with foxes i don't give a shit um <laughs> this was the funniest one for me this nomination worst screen combo was jason derulo and his cgi neutered bulge <laughs> the razzies are always a good time um and then it was also nominated for um best original song at the golden globes for beautiful ghost taylor swift and andrew lloyd weber to which i say fuck y'all that's insane no this is why you don't you can't trust award shows. It's only
0: because of the names that were attached to it. Exactly. So, uh, you know, I have to say that I feel like like the play. I felt like all the the cast in the play was incredibly talented. What they yes. they did, what they could, what they with what they had to work with. Right. I also feel like in the movie, Jason Derulo. I feel like I know him now because he's on TikTok. But right, it's so weird for him to be like such a departure from what he normally does to be in this movie. But I, I feel like he did. A good what job he with yes. what he had to do he made this cat seem like a playboy his dancing was good and it, his singing was, yeah. was good like remember that time when energy. he was doing
1: the acapella in the background and you couldn't understand yeah, what was
0: I, <laughs> I was like is someone in the audience saying that she be like no it's jason you you have to go you have to see the movie if this podcast has not uh convinced you to see the movie then we don't know we what, don't what, to, know
1: what to do for you we don't know what to do yeah. for you um I, every time I see Jason Drula's TikToks pop up on my feed, which is actually pretty often because I like to harass him. Um, I comment on his TikTok um, and ask him to do his TikToks in his cat suit. He has never responded. And I've got no likes on any of my comments. But I will continue this venture until, until the day I die. Happens. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I actually feel like some actors did do a good job. I mean, whatever. It's like when you have Shailene Woodley was in Secret Life of American Teenager for season like years and mm-hmm. that show was absolutely terrible and she was terrible in it but then she went on to do like a bunch of other movies and is actually a good actress you can only do so much with what you're given
1: right and it comes down to sometimes the directing honestly yeah um they I want a like certain type of performance and that's what you're going to get especially with the secret life of an american teenager i mean and when you're doing cats like it's completely absurd like what else
0: i feel like cats i don't know i don't i like the way it came out i have no regrets Because I feel like it's an experience. But I think if they really wanted it to make it like a musical movie, they needed to have written in more of a plot and just use the music from it. Because the music is good. I mean, the songs are are good. But I don't think
1: they they definitely tried to tease out some of that absurdity, some of that like 80s glam rock vibe, and like kind of this larger than life mega musical thing. And I'm like, okay, I understand why you'd want to do that. But the fact that the movie's about cats. Singing about being cats. People as cats. It, that's that's, it, it, that's it, all you need. It's
0: not a metaphor for anything.
1: You don't need to tease out the absurdity. The, absurd of, the absurdity is inherent. If you would literally just put all of these actors on a stage with each other and had them sing, I think that would have probably been better than the movie that we got.
0: I don't know. Except they, such a thing though. The final number when they're all singing on that statue and they like looking in the camera and the song is like ten minutes long. I mean that part's amazing. I know. I feel like
1: I know for you and me though, this is exactly the kind of content and movie we like to see. We really like really weird. We love chaos. Anything that kind of disrupts the system is for us. But I'm talking about in terms of like an artistic, you know, piece of work. This movie is not that and i feel like
0: cats being a better animated movie steven spielberg should have done that like i know rista cats type situation and i
1: also think like you could just market it to kids at this point you know like yeah i don't know i don't know if this time is now
0: for well it wasn't i mean but you know what it's what we got and we just have to deal with it i'll drink to that that. (laughs) i'll drink to that (laughs) who's
1: your favorite cat let's end on that
0: uh oh mr mistoffelees
1: I would have to agree, um, if only because the Mr. Mistopheles that we saw live came out in a pr- like shimmering light tuxedo. up pride tuxedo jacket. It changed my life, and I also love him on Instagram. So I'm just going to say, it.
0: graduated from high school. I know, and then he's young. Joined the Cats Touring Company, and he is such a good dancer. And he his song, the Mr. Mistopheles song. Is like everyone was on their feet dancing, the light happened, yeah, the magic, I mean, oh, it was good, it was good, I had it was to good yeah he he's probably my favorite cat in the movie, his character's okay, he's a little more like he's insecure, shyer yeah, which isn't really me- I kind of like the
1: feeling himself a little bit more he, from the play well, he
0: weirdly like saved the day in the movie because he brought Judy remember like Judy Dench disappeared, and then he brought her back to life, oh magic. right, they
1: kidnapped her, remember. <laughs>
0: Put so, her in the bo- oh my god. Well we never address this. So in the play, McCavity has no lines at all. Right. And I was thinking, like, how is Idris Elba McCavity? Like he's barely in the play. Well, obviously they had to give him lines in the movie. So they wrote in this whole storyline where McCavity is like the so-called villain and he's trying to kidnap all the cats so that he's the one who gets to die at the very end right. of the movie. And um his plot is foiled by the other cats. He's also Mr. magical, Misophiles. like he has magic powers. He is able to, he, like, puts all the cats on a boat in a bar, on a barge or something. I don't really know what happened. But then Mr. Mistoffelees saved the day with his magic. And then I swear to God, Jennifer Hudson had no idea what was going on. They invited her to come in and sing (laughs) Memory. She She was on set one day. And then she, like, sang Memory. But, okay, I love Jennifer Hudson. Obviously, she's an amazing singer. But her version of Memory was, like, at a different key. I don't know what it was. I know. It
1: didn't do it for me. I'm sorry.
0: like, she sang it objectively well. Obviously. right of course she's but very talented there was just something weird about it off about it, it wasn't as good i think as as other uh, renditions of memory but she also was like crying and snotting the whole time and it was I zoomed know. in on her freaking cat face and she was not right. running down Well, her that's face. the thing is
1: tom hooper is known for like these extreme close-ups as a director and it's like okay we don't need to see all of the snot running down jennifer hudson's weird uncanny valley cat face can we just like zoom out like a yeah. little bit
0: but I sw- she came in, like, one day, killed her song, and was like, peace, and then she's, <laughs> she did a good job for what she, she needed to do. Whatever- I What, she- what things they- people were given with, they did a good job. I'm they did a good job. I'm not to disparage any of them, but. Right. Anyways.
1: <sighs> well, that's cats, guys. That's cats for you. That's- this is a long episode. Let me just tell you that right now.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be long. Well, <laughs> thanks for sticking with us if you've come this far. Um, please follow us on Twitter at The Good Eve Girls.
1: Or Instagram at The Good Evening Girls.
0: Or TikTok at the good eve girls. Wherever you want. Help us get him
1: to wear his cat suit on TikTok. That would be incredible.
0: Join us. It's a movement. Thanks for sticking with us for 50 episodes. We and, love uh, you guys. I cannot believe that this is happening. It's so cool. Yeah. We'll be and back congrats to, our... to you, Grace
1: We did it. 50 episodes. Yeah,
0: congrats to you. We stuck through it. Um, Can't we'll believe be it. back with more normal stuff at some point. I don't know. <laughs> I know. We'll see. We're, we're kind of playing it by ear, but um, yeah, I guess that's it. So that's it. Thanks, thanks for we'll listening. See you guys, next episode. Bye. Bye.